Woof, woof, woof. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another session of Parallel Barkings. My name is Larry Becker, and I'm here with my uh, smaller version of myself, Ariana. Introduce yourself. It's, <laughs> I'm Ariana. You, you did it for me. Thank you. Well, I think yeah, there's more to you than that. Oh, yes. I appreciate. There is. There is. That. There is. All right. Well, today we're going to talk about something that's actually both tragic and infuriating. Uh, and um, difficult in every kind of way. And it's a long story, but it's the current iteration. On May 24th, 2022, 18-year-old Salvador Rolando Ramos fatally shot 19 students and two teachers and wounded 17 other people at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. This came after he shot his grandmother in the forehead, severely wounding her. The um, repercussions have been immediate and substantial, uh, going to everything from who eventually wound up having to, um, to, to uh, meet the threat posed by Mr. Ramos, uh, the, uh, the actions or rather the inactions of the local police, uh, the uh, fitting in of this within the larger narratives of guns, gun control, gun violence, and the even larger narratives of the way in which we either fail or seek to protect our children. Um, there's all kinds of issues. Uh, many of these things, of course, are still unraveling uh, as we talk about it today. And so this is kind of a preliminary talk. Uh, we, we know what little we know. And the biggest thing we know is the tragedy of 19 little ones and two quite heroic teachers who gave up their lives uh, because of the actions of uh, an 18-year-old uh, and his ability to both get and choose to use a uh, significantly uh, enhanced weapon, as I understand it, um, to uh, engage in acts of, of senseless in the sense that he had nothing, I, at least as far as I know, nothing personally connecting him to his victims, uh, a, a senseless act of violence uh, in which he ultimately uh, was killed. So, Ariana. Yes. Well, what do you I'm... think? What do you have to say? Ah. Uh... And that's actually very interesting because a lot of Americans kind of feel the same way. Uh, that, that long sigh that you heard is kind of not a shrugging of their shoulders, but an exasperated and kind of frustrated sigh. Uh, we've been here so often under a variety of different circumstances uh, that it's, you know, you, you kind of pick yourself up and you go, well, here we go again. Although the circumstances are all different in every one of these cases, at least at the margins, uh, the thing that holds them together are young people, uh, usually males, uh, as far as we can tell, uh, young people who themselves have their own stories, uh, mm -hmm. which does not excuse what they did, but who have their own stories, which then uh, get connected with, fused with guns, gun cultures and narratives. Uh, and then uh, they wind up in um, usually, as, but not always in schools, sometimes in movie theaters, 
uh, sometimes in other places. And then that becomes part of the fabric of other people, maybe not so young, who also will use guns, but not always guns, right? Sometimes knives, uh, cars were, um, were, were used for a while and then they, they stopped being used very much, although that can always come back. Knives are still being used and, you know, just so this, this complex. But guns are very particular because they have a specific. They can kill a whole lot more people faster. Right. And they're, easy to, they're easier to port around than a machete or an SUV. Well, and it's harder to get, I feel like it's harder to get legislation. Ah. Um, so the immediate response, guns because of right, how people read. Okay, legislation. And what do you mean by legislation? By legislation, you mean the state coming in and um, legislating in this case would, would come in a variety of different uh, stripes. And, and indeed what we're likely to see is some legislation. Uh, and I imagine at this point, the Republicans would be um, or the conservatives or the, um, the Democrats as well, because there are some um, who are reluctant to significantly reduce access to weapons by the population, which is a large population that is not inclined to engage in these really horrible acts. Um, but there'll be some legislation, but you know, from at the one end of the spectrum is uh, no one gets guns. Right. At the other end of the spectrum, we don't care who gets guns. Right. And that's been the traditional American spectrum. So when you talk about legislation, what kind of legislation are you or within that spectrum? What legislation are you talking about? I'm talking about um, more accountability regarding the um, ability to track who is um, purchasing uh, a dangerous weapon. Yeah, if, if you're willing to purchase that kind of item, then you should be willing to give up some sort of privacy. Oh, I mean, so they should have, now, what are you talking about? Like a microchip? No, um, no, no, not at all. everyone who owns uh, a you, weapon? You, just have your name in some sort of registry that yep you purchased this on this but, but, day. But we do we do do that. I mean, um, in when you purchase when you legally purchase a gun in many states, uh, you are to register. Both I guess what I'm asking gun. for is a federally accessible, um, uh, not just state so by wanna, state. You want a master registry of guns. Yes. Um, okay, um, but what will a registry get you? Because if, no, if, but that's you know, not it. That's just one one among many things. I think I don't think one legislative piece will okay. do the job. And I I think, for instance, there are only a few states with assault weapons. I mean, bans, but even assault weapons even if, if there are what my my question is why are people 
needing assault weapons first. Like, why, why you need that? I mean, I guess it's none of my business, but it is kind of my business. Like, you want to, <laughs> <laughs> you want to do what with an assault weapon? So it's like using it's like using dynamite to go fishing. Yeah, there, there's really no good reason that you would be needing an assault weapon. And by good, all right, and and it's for the state to decide what is good or not good. Um, or is it for the federal government to decide? I guess for our democratic republic, we have decided to elect officials to legislate for us and decide what is and is not. Um, well, except we've also included in our constitution a healthy disrespect and distrust for the state. This is not to so, suggest but, but that we yes, couldn't have it or not. This is when we allow, this is what happens when we have no regulation, we let it run wild. But but that's a conundrum here. And, and we're hoist on our own um, we're hoist on our own conceptual, the conceptual matrix that holds us together. So then what's your solution? I don't want to hear you. Oh, God, I wish I had a solution. I'd be a yeah, millionaire. All you, you know, have but, but I started out by saying, I, I started out by saying that in fact, what we have are tragedies built on tragedies in an ecology of tragedies uh, within a system that is now built in a way that solution is difficult because you have to insert a solution within a complex matrix of things that sometimes are both paradoxical and self-contradictory. And that's what makes it so devilishly difficult. Even among, let's say 95, because there's always some crazy 5%, 95 of us who believe we really should be doing something to, you, you can't prevent crazy but at least to so substantially minimize the possibility and then to create systems that quickly reduce its effect. You want a system like that so that we don't have to worry anymore or we don't have to worry as much every time we send our kids to school or we decide to go to the theater or a restaurant or stroll down the street, right? And, and we, we wind up with you know, 95% of people saying, look, I would really like to live in a republic where I don't have to think twice about going to a movie theater or think twice about sending my kid to school or think twice about going to a farmer's market, right? Or to think twice about uh, going to a 4th of July celebration in some open grassy area where roads by. Where I don't <laughs> feel like a wild animal who is being hunted, but. Right, 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 right. And, you know, and need I remind you, right? And I don't have to that these things, it's, it's the kids are particularly tragic, but it wasn't all that long ago that we had that uh, crazy guy at the Mandalay um, who went to a, what was it? Some, some kind of open air thing and shot up a, a bunch of people, another tragedy there, there wasn't a school, but basically you had, um, you had people who were in a confined space and was very easy to to shoot them and and he this did. is also what's making it frustrating it's happening so frequently it right and so now now you've got two problems you've got one is the structural problem what kind of structure legal social cultural can you put in that is rules the second problem is 
what kind of thing can we do to change people so that they understand right and wrong? And the problem is most everyone understands right and wrong, but it's usually this very small group of outliers, right, who don't, right? So you've got, so re-preaching to the 99% of us who've already not bought this, is, well, it's going to reinforce what we already strongly feel. Um, so that may not work all that much. Um, legislation that would absolutely get rid of weapons will get rid of everyone's weapons other than the criminal weapons. It's very much like, in, to some extent, the parallel that just screams out at you is, well, let's suppress all drugs. Uh, and what we've done is then create these, uh, these taboo markets. And so the only people who have it are criminals. And then that creates all kinds of other problems. Um, but in the Uvalde case, which I thought was, was really quite interesting, the failure wasn't just the failure of being able, like you said, and, I, and your idea is actually quite good, of tracking and of better choices in who has the capacity to own a gun. The United States, like most common law countries, is built on the notion that people who are fully capacitated have all kinds of rights and responsibilities within society, but the society has the right to decide that you don't have the capacity and therefore to limit your access to things. So children up to 21 are viewed as being in cup of not having the capacity to decide whether or not to drink, right? People and, and you know, people who have certain mental conditions can be deemed by the courts not to have capacity, right, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we have that notion. It's not that hard to bring the notion of capacity and incapacity more vigorously into the licensing sphere, as well as your monitoring and surveillance, which is a necessary, probably part of, of life, especially when you're dealing with having a, as you suggest quite rightly, having a weapon that can kill, uh, that may, the price of that may be a more willingness to expose yourself uh, to some scrutiny. And then we can debate about what that is. And, and all of that is right. But in, in the Uvalde case, more than, than I think in a lot of other cases, just, just nakedly exposed, is the not the structural or legal side, but the implementation side. The cops sat around and they did, and at least this is the current story, and I don't know where it will ultimately go, so these are all the caveats, but the cops worked very hard to blow every possible opportunity they had to mitigate and prevent, and it was ultimately not the, um, the traditional forces that ultimately saved the day, but someone literally from left field. Right. And so then you have to ask yourself, it isn't enough here to work on people and it isn't enough to piously write or rewrite text, whether at the federal level or the state level, um, a vigorous program of reasonable and effective enforcement also has to be part of this as well. Uh, and here we're not talking about police overreaction. We've had plenty of that, and that has produced its own tragedy, but we haven't really gotten that right either. Uh, and the Uvalde case is a very nice example, I think, of, of what that means. 
And ironically enough, you see it not just in that context, but the day after Uvalde, uh, it's just been reported, and you and I talked about this before we went on the air, um, uh, another person with a, a, an AK uh, was, had gone to a graduation in West Virginia, and but for the quick thinking of a woman with a licensed pistol who shot him after he began shooting, right? The, uh, there would have been a death toll in that case. And so even- But I'm as, still thinking, why are we allowing the purchase of AKs in the first place? There's no reason you need to be killing anything in a matter of milliseconds. There's no reason. And that's a discussion that we've had, what, for 30 years? Um, I'm, you know, and I'm sympathetic. I'm sympathetic. Look, even at the mildest level, one could argue that the more destructive a weapon is, even if you're like a, a complete Second Amendment person, the more destructive a weapon is, the more rigorous the process for licensing yes. must be. You are so, allowed to have it. Right, go right. do so whatever you, you have to do to go get your right. freaking and, and, weapon. And, right. But and therefore, the licensing for a nine millimeter should not be the same as the licensing for a submachine gun. Yes, absolutely. But but we don't, I don't think that there's been much effort to do that. I, and part of it may be it, it's an administrative nightmare. And the reason in part it's an administrative nightmare is that the state neither has the capacity nor the will to actually do this. And what has been done. Wah, uh, wah, wah. No, 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 no. But but this is no, I know, problem. I know. Because I know. what has been done is that Congress, Congress is very and, and state legislatures are very eager to wrap themselves in virtue by saying, yeah, we're gonna write some words uh and sign our names. Right, absolutely. Oh, but but the state isn't gonna enforce and implement this nor be liable for mess ups. <laughs> what we're gonna do is delegate all of this to Colin gun sellers and or retailers and right. or manufacturers and then and, if you don't they're going to have to figure out you are criminally very much guidance yeah. right without very much guidance they're going to have to figure out what to do and then we can sit in our ivory tower and say we can sit in our ivory tower and say ah well you didn't do your job uh we didn't tell you what your job was what we did was effectively uh, governmentalize you without your consent, by the way, but we've governmentalized you by imposing effectively uh, the the responsibilities and operations of an administrative apparatus onto a private company, right, which with none of the protections that citizens have against administrative abuse and the like, we're going to do that, we're going to give you fairly little guidance, and then on top of everything else, when you screw up, we're going to say it's your fault, it's not my fault, and uh, we're going to find someone else to blame. So part of what's going on here yeah. is not only is the problem intractable not in, or complicated, but also there seems to be a, uh, there's, there's an added complexity because of the way in which um, regulation and the devolution of regulatory authority, it's not just here, it's virtually everywhere, um, has complicated again the issue and then when you layer on top of that law enforcement that either goes way overboard mm -hmm. in one way and we saw that for example with George Floyd and 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 uh, police um, 
overuse of force in in uh, in a bunch of contexts to the other side, which is Uvalde, mm -hmm. where it was oh well maybe we should we should uh, should uh, we think about going over? Yeah, so so that's that's where we are. So I think everyone's gut is, uh, or many people's reasonable gut is, um, that indeed we, we really have to figure out a way of managing this, even if you believe that people ought to have, to some greater or lesser extent, some access to firearms. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, the issue then becomes, because that's just, as we've seen here, a slice and not the entirety of the issue that this extraordinary tragedy uh, suggests, uh, much less the trigger uh, that we have with, with these killers. Um, because if you take their guns away, you'll make them less efficient killers, but are you going to stop making them kill? Yeah, I um, want to know what is drawing what is the nascence of this desire to kill everyone and why is it directing them to these places of innocence i guess right is it, exactly is it no and you hit your you hit the nail on the head uh, and that is really the, the most extraordinary and to some extent horribly, horribly tragic part of this thing, right? Why are they drawn to places of, especially in the case of school kids, and especially in this case, elementary school kids, to places where you can't get much more innocent than, than this? Yeah, innocent um, or just joy or just, you know, like movie theaters just where you're right and you know and I, I, there, there's a lot of quote-unquote studies it's not clear that we know yet and it's not clear that even if we knew there's ways with 350 million people that you know short of sticking a um a monitor in us and then developing ironclad rules about deviance and then punishing people right we're, we're going to go one step closer to what was that minority report where you do the predictive analytics? Oh no, you know, uh, that movie? No, no. Well, well, but but you know that that would be the tendency because you, the you only mean way you you arrest the criminal before the crime is committed, right? On the basis of a propensity, or you don't even arrest them. What you made you is send them pro preventively to re-education camps. Yeah, which is ridiculous, but. I mean, but what not, I think, but is, not, but no, but not, not quite, not, not so far off. It would be not, nice, to not, not implausible, and and we should all be worried because all of these things are subject to extraordinary abuse. Exactly. That yeah, and we should all be worried about abuse in any direction. I right. For all of that, this this tragedy is just it. It's. I suspect that it will. Uh, a friend of ours suggested that this is uh, potentially one of those pivotal events that may actually get society to move, right, to overcome a little bit inertia uh, in one way or another. And I suspect that that, that person is right. Um, there'll be something. The question is, given the interconnected complexity of the things that make up this something, uh, whether it's going to be um, electioneering, um, 
window dressing uh, or whether it will actually be effective because generally the easy solution uh, tends to be the solution that will be least effective except to aid someone's reelection campaign or, hmm. uh, or to enhance some uh, bureaucrat's budget. And that's not, I think, this tragedy is just too big and too hurtful. That's not really what we should be aiming for anymore. I don't think that it's a great idea to use this tragedy to reward politicians who grandstand or to reward bureaucrats who are looking for bigger budgets or to reward police departments who are looking for greater armament or greater discretion to shoot people. Um, I think that that would be the wrong thing to do here. Uh, but what the right thing is may require, because we're running out of time, that may require another podcast. Yes. And if, and if you all have ideas or thoughts, uh, please send them to us. We are as stunned, probably, and as shocked as everyone else in this country. Uh, and it's not clear. That's what we were doing a lot of hemming and hawing. It's not clear if you're really thoughtful about this, what can actually solve the problem instead of just making you feel good. Uh, because this isn't a matter of making us feel good. It's a matter of solving a problem. Uh, but I'll leave you with that. Last thoughts, Little Wolf. Um, I guess beyond legislation, if that's not going to happen, I guess I it would be good to see um, a better trained response and better solutions to this kind of emergency if if this is the new normal that everybody is planning for then i want to see what yeah well you know as a parent my my only response is if this is a new normal and i'm going to have to uh, bear the risk of your incompetence uh what you're suggesting to me is maybe i should seriously consider homeschooling my kids right exactly so da -da, bark, bark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, stay tuned for the next one. Again, if you've got thoughts, comments, reactions, please send them to us. We'd be delighted to hear from you. If you've got ideas for future podcasts, let us know. Until then, woof woof, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks, everyone.